This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson and Skip LaCombe, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. We're regularly heard on the Blaze Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to theblaze.com slash doc, theblaze.com slash doc, and we'll be back with you tomorrow morning. So, uh, unfortunately, the big story is still the police officers in New York City that are um, battling people who, unfortunately, think they are just killing minorities. That's pretty much it. No. I mean, if you're a police officer, it's just, well, they're out to kill minorities, so. And I, I don't see how that narrative has been able to really take hold, but you're seeing that so much these days, and it, it just doesn't make sense to me. At what point is, is a police officer able to really come down and say, no, that's not what's happening here? It, a police officer shouldn't have to say, no, I'm not trying to hunt down minorities or try to go after killing people. I don't know how this narrative has gotten portrayed that it's actually fact anywhere. Warren Wilhelm Jr., also known as Bill de Blasio. How does he have a mayor that, that just have a different name? Doesn't that automatically put you in sketchy territory? I'm I not talking so. you changed your last name because your mom had a different last name or you went by a nickname or something, Doc and Skip. No. But a full change of your name and then you become an attorney, that's all automatically a little sketchy to if, me. If only Marion Barry had thought of that. <laughs> you know, perhaps. <laughs> Continued even further. Yeah, Warren Wilhelm Jr., a.k.a. Bill de Blasio, um, of course, has not supported the police. And rightfully, the police have been pretty upset about that. I mean, your boss doesn't get your back. Isn't that what we all want at work? I mean, aside from, you know, a good, comfortable living and a nice work environment, don't you want your managers to understand who you are to get your back and support you, basically? Not that they have to agree with everything, but respect you. That's what we're talking about. Well, Warren Wilhelm Jr. has shown he doesn't respect the police, and you know why. You know his politics. You know his history. You know what he is. But that doesn't change the fact that he's a bad mayor and a bad boss. I mean, wouldn't you want your boss to support you? No, absolutely. And he's shown time and time again at this point with his statements saying he's afraid to send his son out to the streets because he might be gunned down by one of his officers. Clearly, he does not have the backs of his officers. I mean, Skip understands because all he wants is respect around here. He gets no respect. That's true. So he understands what that's like. That is, that is sadly true. Now, it seems, and based on some of the callers that we've, uh, we've talked to from New York, even police officers who've called into our morning radio show, have said, hey, you know, Bill Bratton, though, the commissioner, he's, he's been pretty solid for us, right? I mean, they said he was a decent fellow. In spite of the fact Bill de Blasio, a.k.a. Warren Wilhelm Jr., doesn't get their back, Bill Bratton does. So then Bratton comes out with this crazy statement that they shouldn't turn their backs on Bill de Blasio. 
Why shouldn't they turn their backs on Bill de Blasio? What other recourse do they have to let it be known that Bill de Blasio at this point is incompetent because he does not have their support? Listen to Bratton here. Listen to this. Some of your officers yesterday turned their backs when the mayor spoke when they saw him on the video screen outside Rafael Ramos's funeral. Was that necessary? Was that something you support? And does that indicate that the mayor, for whatever he's put on the table financially, needs to do more to communicate more clearly his rhetorical support for your police officers? I certainly don't support that uh, action yesterday. I think it was very inappropriate at that event. That funeral was held to honor Officer Ramos, and to bring politics or to bring uh, issues into that event, I think, was very inappropriate. <laughs> I do not support it. Uh, he is the mayor of New York. He was there representing the citizens of New York to express their remorse <coughs> and their regret at that death, and it uh, was inappropriate. And at the same time, it is reflective, unfortunately, of uh, the feelings of some of our officers that uh, at this juncture about not just the mayor, but I think about some of the many issues that are uh, afflicting this city at this time in this particular police department. What? Did, did, did he say it's inappropriate to bring politics into it? Is, is that really what he said? What is the mayor doing there? <laughs> it's inappropriate for the police, the police, to bring politics into this. Bill Braden brought politics into it. That's why he's on the, on the TV. The mayor, Warren Wilhelm Jr., brought politics into it. It's inappropriate for anybody else to bring politics into it. Well, and when would be an appropriate time for the police to make some sort of a protest or to make some sort of a, a public statement or a public showing <clears throat> together that they're not uh, 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 happy with the way the mayor's <laughs> been treating them? Of course they should. It's not inappropriate for them to turn their backs. If, if Officer Ramos's or Officer Lou's wife's or family said, hey... Can you guys, we, we don't want anything. If you want to show your respects, you know, do it this way. That's what we want. I got no problem with that. That's fine. Because what they're talking about is the way to, to respect and pay tribute to their, their family members. I got that. But for somebody in politics, the New York police commissioner, to say it's wrong for somebody else to bring politics into this, that seems, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hypocritical? I would go with that. Or, um... Asinine. Asinine also works. Uh, ass hattery. Jack Hashish. Jack Haddish. Ha wrong. You're an idiot. It's wrong to bring politics. What a stupid statement, Bill. And tell me he's not playing politics by saying this. Does he, is he really that offended by the police officers doing it? Or is he just trying to stand with Warren Wilhelm Jr.? Here's the thing. Warren got to him. It has. There's the only thing that makes sense at this point. He had been pretty uh, uh, supportive of his officers mm -hmm. in the past, saying, you know what, make your, make your statement however you want to do it. But now all of a sudden he comes out on the TV and he says no. He says it's inappropriate. They got to him. And you know what? Maybe you even think it was inappropriate for them to do it, to quote-unquote bring politics into a funeral. Okay. All right. I got no problem with that. That's not the point. The point is a man who is bringing politics into the funeral said... <laughs> Don't bring politics into the funeral. How dare you bring politics into the funeral? Only I can bring politics into the funeral. Or William well, Wilhelm Jr. can bring it into the, uh, the funeral. Can we also break down the, the whole idea that even turning your backs was that political of a statement? Maybe they really just don't want to see the mayor. They, maybe they are Ooh. frustrated with seeing him there. Is it really so much of a, of a political statement that they turned their backs? Maybe they truly were disgusted.
And it wasn't all the officers. It was, it was, it was a handful of them. It was I mean, a good number, but it was a handful of them who no, just didn't want to look at him. Said, you know what? I don't want to see your face here because I'm personally offended by you saying that I might just go out and shoot your son because he's black. You know what, Skip? You got a good point there. What is political about that? Right? Were, were they saying, let's take politics from a position of elections. Uh, if they said we're turning our back on the mayor because we really support another mayor or we want him fired in, for, in, 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 uh, in lieu of another mayor. Okay, that's political from election standpoint. Okay, maybe a political issue. Is it even that much of a political issue? They're not, say, they're not wearing I can breathe shirts, I can't breathe shirts. They were not doing it. This didn't have to do with the case at the center of all of this. Didn't have anything to do with this. This has to do with the mayor not respecting them. That's it. it it's Bill Bratton who's bringing politics into it. It's, it's, it's Mayor de Blasio who's bringing politics in it. It isn't these officers that don't want to look at these people who aren't defending them. Think about the job they go out every day. They're at a funeral for one of their friends who was gunned down on the streets by some madman in these political protests. That's political. Them turning their backs because they didn't want him there is not. Uh, Vice President spoke at the funeral. That's not bringing politics into it? You bring that goofball from Washington, D.C. Really, that's just to honor the officers. I got to tell you, any place that that goofball is, is not honoring anybody. Do you want, do you want the vice president at your house? Not just no. Hell no. That's <laughs> not an honor to me. That wouldn't be honoring me. That's bringing politics into it. And do you really think Joe Biden loves police officers so much? He did the typical BS. Politicians stand up at a funeral of an officer and go, these guys give their lives all the time. They put their lives on the line. How many times have you heard they put their lives on the line? I'm not saying they don't work hard and at times face that situation. That's not my point here. I'm not disparaging police officers. I'm disparaging people like Joe Biden who just say this crap. It's just marketing lines that they use. You really think Joe Biden goes at home and goes, Lord, thank you for the police officers who give their lives each and every day in support of us, that they put their lives on the line. He doesn't give a flying fig about those people as long as he's fat and happy, as long as he's policing the American people for his own pocket. He doesn't care about those people. It's just politics. That is the ultimate politics when somebody like Joe Biden stands up at a funeral of an officer and says a cliche line like that. He doesn't care about the police officers. No, I, uh, I agree to that. I, I think it would be even more disparaging to have, have him there in that situation because he's not one in the narrative, too, who, who even has a history of support of officers like this. He isn't of the, of the political movement right now that is, is he's on the counter side of it, too. He's with the, the occupiers and the people out there saying, I can't breathe. He believes like that. Like de Blasio, like Bratton now, apparently, too. So uh, where's this whole thing going? Where, where's it going now? See, we, we took a little bit of a hiatus from the I can't breathe and all the protests and that for the holiday. Um, not everybody took a break. We, we took a little bit. It slowed down a bit. Well, we saw some of the uh, high school kids wear the I can't breathe T-shirt. So you have this high school. And the, boy, the way I understand it, they're at a tournament. And the boys' basketball team all wears the I can't breathe T-shirt. And the school says, you're not going to play if you wear those shirts. Now, I fully agree with. See, for years, people have said, why can't your kid wear a certain T-shirt to school? This is one of those areas where I say, 
kids should be in uniforms. Shut up. You're not going to school to uh, to, to be, be political, expressive. to expressive, or any of that stuff. That that ends up leading to all of the progressive crap at colleges. You want to express yourself? Fine. You're at school. You're there to learn. Sit down. Shut up and learn. Done. That's the problem. And. Because we live in such a contentious society with a lot of varying political opinions, why don't we just keep that one to ourselves? Do you want them wearing, yay, no gun shirts? Do you want people wearing pro-gun shirts and all of this? Just leave it at home. Done. That way we don't have to worry about this nonsense at school. So they tell the kids, you're not playing if you wear the I Can't Breathe t-shirts because that is political. So the boys decided not to play, or, or uh, to play, and they took the shirts off. We understand it. The girls, though forfeited, wore the shirts. So now, the students are planning a rally. What does this have to do with you? Here's the thing. They went out and thought, it's okay for us to do this. We need to be part of this movement and do it this way because I saw LeBron James do it. Then the president came out and said, LeBron made the right decision doing that, supporting it, contributing to the same narrative. The whole reason, you're right, that they would even consider doing this that does not touch them at all how does this touch them at fort bragg high school how, do, how does this story really touch them i can't breathe are any of the uh, the players related to eric garner any of them related to michael brown i don't i don't think so certainly not closely really i haven't heard anything about that were they there? Ah, they were there. They were probably there watching. I don't, I don't, I don't think they were there. They either. weren't filming no. the, the chokehold with no. the... No, no. No. Huh. So how does it affect them? It doesn't. Unless you buy into the narrative that you have been brainwashed with for decades that, again... Some people are out there just killing minorities. They just want to kill brown people. Well, it's, it's institutionalized racism, really, at the, the core of it, though. It's, it's institutionalized. <laughs> that what it it's racism that's been institutionalized. No, it's institutionalized propaganda. That might be, It could be that. <laughs> okay, a little bit of that, too. Maybe like 10% institutionalized propaganda, 90% institutionalized racism, could I, be something I like that. I don't know where the scale balances okay. out, but, but well, it's If you're using like common that. core math, it's... <laughs> I'd have to draw you a picture for that. <laughs> if you're using common core math... It's 10% uh, institutionalized racism and 95% uh, mm -hmm. propaganda. Exactly. 105, carry the... That's common core math. You there tried, for though. You tried, I, man. It's as okay. long as I tried, it's I didn't right. have to get the answer right, okay, did I? Bro. Uh, so where's this going from now? It's not over. More high schools are likely going to do this. Mm -hmm. More students are going to be out there protesting. And for what? How have you been injured? How well, and, have you been affected? And, and here's the ultimate question that I would like to ask all of those high schoolers. What do you want from your protest? At the end of the day, you're saying you can't breathe. What is it that you want? What are you protesting? I want to hear their answer. I think I know. I, I don't want to speak for them. I mean, hey, if you are one of those protesters or planning on protesting or like, right on, you go protesters, 888-727-BECK, uh, 888-727-BECK. We'll take calls because I, I want to know. I want to hear from you. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I know what it is. I think they want that damn ball in New York City not to drop on New Year's Eve. Take I the think, ball! It's our ball! I think that's what it is.
Tweets coming in. Tweet at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe from Lisa. Love your tie. That is hilarious. It's a nice tie. I, it's a good-looking tie. You have no idea how funny that is. Why? Well, because I got this tie for Christmas from my mother-in-law. Okay. And she is, I'm serious, she is going to be thrilled that somebody said something it about is, it. I gotta say, I'm not kidding. it's a snappy-looking tie. What do you see tomorrow's? Really? Oh, she got me several of them. Oh, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And my mother, I, I appreciate it. Not so much a compliment to me, but my mother-in-law, you have just made her week. Oh, truly. She will, she will be thrilled about it. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, you can tweet at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe. At Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe. Please follow us on Twitter as well. We're pretty interactive even after our shows. We'll, we'll engage with you on Twitter and debate the issues. And I tweeted out a picture of Skip uh, when we got into the Mercury Studios here in Dallas this morning that you probably want to see. I can't believe that picture is still up here at the studios. I was um, a little offended when I was walking by. Little troubling. So check well, it out. I tweeted uh, it out. Not only offended, but scared. You'll have to look at it. At Doc Thompson Show, I sent it out. So I think I know what's coming next. Um, I think I know what uh, all of the protesters want, the anti-police um, because of Michael Brown and Eric Garner. I think I know what they want. I think they want that ball to not drop New Year's Eve. They're planning some disruptions New Year's Eve. Now, there is a website <clears throat> called Stop Mass Incarceration. I have no idea what that means or why. I don't know what they're talking about. But... I do know that they specifically call on activists to not allow uh, New Year's Eve celebrations in New York, Houston, Los Angeles, New Haven, San Francisco, Cleveland, St. Louis, and Boston. Just those cities, though. <clears throat> the other cities can still celebrate. Oh, sure. Those cities were, uh, were protesting. Miami, Vegas, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. But the ones I just laid out, no. They're specifically calling for those and, uh, of course, the big one in New Year's Eve. Here's the thing. I mean, hasn't New Year's Eve's... In New York, hasn't the, the ball dropping that, hasn't that been disrupted for years? Just by the event itself? Dick Clark. He went from a young Dick Clark to an old, to a not functioning Dick Clark, to a dead Dick Clark. It's just not that same thing it was 30 years ago, is it? I don't think so, personally, but... So, yeah, calling for mass disruptions, and I want to make sure I get this right. <clears throat> it urges protesters to bring signs, banners, and whistles... The whistles are important. <laughs> Whistle. I mean, signs and banners so we can get our, our, our statement across and make some words. But if you've got the little, <laughs> the whistle, like, really. Here's how, here's how you're going to disrupt a New Year's Eve celebration. Banners, signs, and whistles. Because, you know, in the middle of a New Year's Eve celebration where people have streamers and banners, banners and, and signs and, and whistles, whistles yeah. you're going to stand out. You're really gonna stand. Think about what New Year's Hooray! It's loud. There's confetti. There's streamers. There's signs. We have a great plan, guys. We want you all wearing glasses that say 2015, too, <laughs> to protest and moving forward. You guys could maybe wear, like, some, some hats with, like, some sequins on them, too. That'll show them. I can't breathe. Something about a New Year's sign. I can't breathe in the New Year, maybe. Something like that. I couldn't breathe in 2014. I can't breathe in 2015. Here's what we'll do. As part of our stop this celebration to disrupt the whole narrative, we'll count in the new year. We'll count it down. Oh, so we start at like 10, 10 9, 9, right to the, exactly. all the way down. Wow. And then we'll all say happy new year. And then there'll be a whole new year and like <laughs> racism disrupt, will be done. Disrupt the whole thing. It's brilliant, I say. It's brilliant. <laughs> Bring signs, banners, and protests uh, and whistles. How is that going to stop anything? 
I mean, if Anderson Cooper and uh, Kathy What's-Her-Foots haven't stopped it already, nothing's going to stop it in New York. Sorry. They're not going to stop anything. What are you doing? Why, why are you just... They're violating rule number one. Don't be a jerk. Well, and here's the deal. The, the, the most affected person here is the people who are just going out there to, to celebrate and ring in the new year, the revelers. It's not, it's not even going to be the police or politicians or anything. Your, your protest is, is just hurting people. And that's not the best way to get people on your, on your side. Now, let me ask you, if you were planning on heading to New York City for the New Year's Eve celebration, for example, let's say you'd had some sort of aneurysm yeah. or uh, rampant drug use and decided, hey, <laughs> that say, sounds like a good time. I knew this was a hypothetical when you started going down that road because there's Let's say uh, you had had a safe fall on you or something and you weren't okay. right in the head and you said, hey, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> let's go down to Times <laughs> let's, Square. Let's hang out there for about 17 hours. Let's, let's go anywhere near Midtown. <laughs> Let's say you're planning on doing that. Does uh, this influence your decision to take your family down there? Because there were some people saying things, um, tweeting like, I declare F12 and you pick a side or die with them. Hashtag Ferguson, hashtag blah, blah, whatever. Kill a pig, 12, 13, 2014. All of this stuff. So, I mean, there's potential that it could be violent. Does that stop you from going? Um, had I, for some reason, got it, got it in my head that I wanted to go to that, probably not. That would probably not stop me. Um, yeah, if, if you are not deterred by the fact that you have to stand in line for, what is it, 12 it's hours like 12 before hours, you yeah, go? You have to get there at, like, noon, and, and you're unable to leave once you, once you get into the, the area that's cordoned off in the venue. Now, you have to get there that early for the crowd, but... They won't let you in after a certain yeah, time, I right? Yeah, I think it's after, and I, I don't know the exact time, but after like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, anybody who, uh, who is not within the square mile or whatever of the celebration zone is not getting into that zone either. Well, that sounds like fun to me. Whew. What you want to do is hang out in Times Square all day, especially on a cold day, and just wait and wait. I think that's the reason they're so excited at midnight. Yes, we can leave We now. can leave, they're right? Not, they're not counting down the New Year. They're counting down the time so they can get a, 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 uh, catch a cab. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Yes, they should because I got to get the hell out of here. I want to forget all about you people. I've been here for 17 hours. I'm freezing my ass off. Can we go? Seriously, you'll let us go now. It's being held captive in Times Square. And then you're going to go to some other small town where they drop the piece of cheese or a, a fish or a a genie in a bottle or a shoe or whatever it is. The, how's dropping a ball? What does that have to do with anything? I don't understand this. And then the different towns that have a theme, well, you know, we're known as the shoe capital of the world, so we drop a giant shoe. People love it. What is this? Really? <laughs> I think it's um, Port Clinton, Ohio, Putin Bay, that area. They drop a giant walleye. Really? Walleye from the lake. Lake Erie had a walleye. Do they drop it, like, into the lake? Like a... I don't think Like so. a skydiving type I've situation? I've never really seen it. Because that heard. would be cool. Like imagine the walleye <laughs> jumping out of a plane and they get like the smoke coming off his flipper, his tail. I don't think that's it. I think it's much like a walleye on a pole. Oh, it's okay. much like the ball. I think that's what it is. Well, I'm saying like giant ball dropping in New York mm -hmm. or like skydiving walleye, that I'm now, probably taking the walleye. If they said, come to our celebration and we will drop bacon onto a plate for you or into your belly, then you got me. What do I want to see something on a stick for unless it's meat on a stick? I don't want to see that. I don't care. New Year's Eve is the lamest event all year. One That's, of the lamest yeah. events all year. 
I don't know if I want to be committed to that. Uh, one of the lamest events on you. It, for years growing up, I'd be a teenager, we'd go out to a New Year's Eve party, whatever, a young adult, and I'm like, why do I always have horrible like, celebrations on New Year's Eve? Why are those always bad nights? Because it's pointless. What do you do? You wait all night to count to 10, down from 10, and then you go, hooray, and you sing Old Lang Syne, and that's it. That's your climactic moment. Yeah. That's the thing is it always is kind of anticlimactic, too. And even if you're in, like, a different time zone, too, you're watching the Times Square ball drop, but you know it dropped two hours ago if you're in the mountain time zone. <laughs> or if, I, I always remember growing up in Albuquerque, too, and once I, I finally had made that realization, too, it's like, wait a second, this happened because it's, it's already... They've been lying to us. Now, when I lived in Vegas in the 90s, they would do the big jumbotrons and stuff downtown Vegas, uh -huh. and they would have a celebration at midnight, and we would count it down and whatever. But they would do it twice. They would count it down with New, uh, New York. Hooray, it's New Year's Eve. It's now 2015 in New York. Pointless. And then a couple of hours later, hooray, it's 2015 here. Or if you get up on... Uh, New Year's Eve uh, morning throughout the day, and you see people counting it down around the world. Yeah. Here's the scene from Sydney, Australia. It's 2015. Here's the scene from wherever. Here's the scene from London. Okay, great, thanks. I don't know. Why is this exciting to people? I've never understood this. Maybe I'm just cynical at this point. Maybe that's all it is. All right, there is another part of the, uh, the Ferguson uh, story that is just coming to light, and I really want to hear your opinions on this, especially on Twitter, at Doc Thompson Show. Apparently, there's an allegation out there that some cops went into a Chipotle restaurant, I believe in New York City, and the employees all put up their hands and said, hands up, don't shoot, and refused to serve the officers. Well, Chipotle saying that didn't happen. It was one employee, and the officers just left when they saw it. I don't know what the truth is, but I want to hear your take on it. Even if what Chipotle is saying is accurate in this whole thing, even if they're accurate, something just isn't right about the story. In fact, you can look up uh, at Chipotle tweets, at Chipotle tweets, to see kind of a progression of them casually mentioning the story to try to make the company look a little bit better and control the narrative, to getting to the point where they're mentioning it a whole lot. And look specifically at their tweets and what they're saying. They're saying things like, um, no, no, we took care of the situation. It's under control. It won't happen again. But they refuse to answer whether or not the employee has been disciplined and how. They say we took appropriate action. We took um, certain measures, appropriate measures, appropriate actions. What are the appropriate actions? They won't say. So your defense is it was one rogue, silly, crazy employee who did this, but you're not willing to say what you did. Okay, if you're saying you stand with the police, wouldn't you fire the employee? Absolutely, I would think. And that's the thing, and that's the thing that I think is, is getting the story even more legs, <clears throat> is that they won't talk about what the discipline is. And now if it was just this one rogue employee, and obviously that's not Chipotle's policy, I'm okay, I'll give Chipotle a pass. I said, you know what, we fired him. That is, that is not our... But if not, if they're just put, well, that looks bad on Chipotle. Even if they, even if it's not their policy to fire people in this situation, then explain it. I'm reasonable. Give me your explanation. But they won't do it. We'll explain more about this coming up. We'll also take some of your tweets, and you can look for yourself. It's at Chipotle tweets, and tell us what you think via the hashtag What I Learned Today. You can tweet at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe.
hashtag what I learned today to protest cops on New Year's Eve. We will show we can't breathe by locking lips with each other at midnight at Doc Thompson show. <laughs> I guess that is one way to protest, you know. Uh-huh. You can't breathe those momentary uh, moments of... Possibly. Affection. That one option, one option. Okay. But, you know, feel free to protest in your own way. Who am I to tell you how to protest? Ha! So, uh, back to this Chipotle story. And again, want to get your take on this and tell me what you think. It, this incident allegedly happened a couple of weeks ago, but it just seems to be going viral. And like I said, we had the, the Christmas holiday, and people were kind of in that mindset, so maybe they weren't paying as much attention to that stuff. But I saw it really take off on Twitter, at least on Chipotle's Twitter page, a couple days ago. And you go back through, and you could see where they mentioned it once, then not a whole lot, and then start mentioning it more and more often. Here's an example of uh, some of what they said. Um, they responded to some people asking me about it at Coach Brew, one of the guys who had asked him about it. We've already investigated and taken, quote, appropriate measures to be sure this doesn't happen again. And it's all signed Joe, <clears throat> likely one of the people who operate the, uh, the Twitter account for Chipotle. So what are appropriate measures? This is what I want to know. And let me just say, I have no axe to grind with Chipotle. Um, I think Chipotle has exceptional food. I, it comes down to a lot of similar type restaurants. Chipotle's head and shoulders of them. I think they're sensational. I haven't gone to Chipotle a whole lot in the last few years. It's not on the top of my, you know, don't go to list or anything like that. But because I have some other issues about, uh, so they got busted with uh, employing illegals or whatever. But as far as the quality of the food and the service in the place, I have nothing bad to say about the company. I mean, sensational food. You've, you've still never been. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I've actually never been to a Chipotle. Um, I, I've had it one time, too, when it was, uh, when it was brought into the station. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never actually gone out to have Chipotle. Good food, though. I could taste it. I know they have, uh, have cilantro in their rice, too. It's one thing that I probably wouldn't particularly like. Yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, Quality's great. Yeah, the, the, the meats they have, the, the, uh, the chicken and the beef, it's all very high-quality food and tastes very right. good. So I have, I'm not trashing Chipotle here. In fact... If they thought the appropriate action was not to fire this employee, that's fine. First of all, you can do what you want as a business. You can fire everybody. You can keep people. You can employ Nazis, in my opinion. I'm not going to go there in those cases, but I support you as a business being able to do this. And that's your right. I mean, that's, that's capitalism. That's free market, like, to, to be able to do business with whom you want to. But what I find interesting about this story and a little bit troubling is that they're not being clear. If you want me as a customer to decide whether or not I want to support you, then be transparent. Tell me what you're really doing here. But this shows you when, you when you read this, we've taken appropriate measures over and over, similar type of statements, appropriate actions over and over. It shows they're just trying to control the narrative because they're worried about their company, a little bit understandable, as opposed to just being transparent and let the chips fall where they may. I want to know and let me decide whether or not you fired him. If you didn't, just tell me why. Now, the fact that they keep saying appropriate action, Skip, leads me to believe... They likely have not fired the person. And, and it, it makes sense from their point of view, too. They don't want to get into an even higher political battle with this. And, well, this, uh, this employee was just exercising his First Amendment rights to put his hands up, and it, it would get muddy for them. So I understand why they would potentially want to do that. But I want to know. I want to know how you responded to it. Well, especially something that's this serious when it comes exactly. to the police officers. Exactly, become such a huge story. Right. Especially we're talking to this pol the, the police officers. And again, the original story was a group of cops in New York go into a Chipotle restaurant. Uh, allegedly, all the employees throw their hands up and say, uh, hands up, don't shoot, to try to give the cops the business and then refuse to serve them. Chipotle says it didn't happen that way. It was one employee acting on his own and the police decided not to eat there. 
Let's take Chipotle at their word. Fine. It was one employee acting on his own, and the police chose not to eat there. I get that. If I was a cop, I wouldn't do it either. But what happened to the employee? Don't just tell me appropriate action if you want me to believe you in the future. Then, and this is the other really bizarre thing. One of the tweets from Chipotle references a Snopes article. If you're not familiar with Snopes.com, Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com, is a website that supposedly debunks urban legends or urban myths. I first heard about them 15 years ago. And early on, I believed, oh, this is great. You'll see all the stories about Eddie Murphy uh, getting on an elevator with somebody and saying, hit the floor to his buddy, and the people hit the floor. Ha, ha, ha. He thought it was great. He's going to put it in his act. And uh, he paid for their room. Or the guy missing the kidney on a vacation. All of those. <clears throat> I thought it was great. They're telling you the truth about this stuff. And I found out Snopes is run, apparently, by people who have a very progressive slant on things. And you can see some of the stuff that they've written on, because they, they touch all kinds of things on their website now. Yeah, anything you'll take looking at them that has anything of a political nature, you'll definitely see it painted through a more progressive uh, palette. Right. So knowing this, I click on this article from Snopes that, again, Chipotle says... This may help clear things up. They tweeted at one guy and said, hey, this may help clear things up. Now, to my knowledge, they didn't release an official statement by the company. They didn't say, here's a press release that will help explain, tell our side of the story or whatever. They've just been doing it through social media. And it's very limited, 140 characters on Twitter. But links to this Snopes story. So I go to Snopes and I read it, and Snopes uh, rates it mostly false. Did I get that right? Mostly, yeah, mostly false. That the story, uh, all in all, that cops going into a Chipotle was, in general, mostly false. But wait a minute. Chipotle says that, yes, an employee does do this and say, hands up, don't shoot. They admitted that. They've just said it was one employee, not a bunch, and the cops decided not to eat there. How is that mostly false? It's not. I would say... Mixed, 50-50, partially if, true? If anything, mostly true. I mean, if, if, if they turn it into a narrative of, of something that would be mostly true or mostly false, well, most of the facts of that story are true. Right, more than not. Okay, so it was one employee instead of all six of them behind the counter, and the cops just walked out as opposed to being uh, refused service. Generally, that's the, the, the story is true. Couldn't you say partially true? Why is it mostly false? Because apparently Snopes is trying to help Chipotle out. Now, I don't know if it's because of their progressive ideas or if they're just trying to help them out for other reasons. But look at when the Snopes story was posted. First of all, the story only happened a couple of weeks ago. The incident happened. The a incident weeks ago. happened a couple of weeks ago. So Snopes is on this already? Why would they get on this? Well, and the incident happened a couple of weeks ago. We didn't hear anything. We didn't hear any stories about it until just a couple of days ago. And then all of a sudden, people start tweeting at Chipotle. And this Snopes article appears out of nowhere. You said, too, I'm off the air earlier, one of the best ways it seems almost as the Snopes is acting as some sort of a, a PR-type firm here. And that's, that's the really important part about this, aside from the initial um, story of whether or not this happened to the police officers. Imagine for a moment if Snopes is, used, is being used as a PR firm. Remember, people go there because they think this website debunks myths, urban or other. Well, if they're just a PR firm, how can you trust them for anything else, right? So a couple of weeks ago, allegedly, the story happened. Now, Skip and I, we travel all over the place on the Internet, and we cover just countless stories every day. If we have not heard about something, it's rare.
I would bet 99 out of 100 times, if you bring up something that's going on in the world or news, we're going to know. We're going to at least have, oh, yeah, I heard something yeah, about that. I saw that headline. I didn't read the story. But I didn't hear anything about this cop. Not this, a thing. The situation at Chipotle. Not a thing until yesterday. Start seeing some of the tweets. Well, if you go back and again, look at the progression of these. It really hopped up and started going viral. So wait a minute. Snopes just posted this on Christmas Day? <laughs> they, they were ahead of the game. How did Snopes hear about this? You mean to tell me they're out looking at all of this stuff? They're on top of it, cutting edge? When most of these stories on their website are things that happen, you know, or, or been urban legends that have been around for 50 years, right? But all of a sudden, on, on Christmas Day, somebody's working in the Snopes offices and says, yeah. oh, i got to get this out now. Right. How is that possible? It just doesn't make sense. No. What seems to me that is likely is somehow Chipotle got to them or somebody said to Snopes, hey, do Chipotle a solid, whether Chipotle did or not. And you can see how this thing is written up. Oh, Chipotle didn't do anything wrong. Mostly false. Mostly false. Mostly false. Are they just a PR firm? Well, I mean, think about an, any other type of incident recently that they would potentially do a Snopes article on. What if, um, I haven't even checked, do they have an article on the Michael Brown shooting? What's the narrative they're spinning in there? Yeah, or that's Eric a good Garner? point. I didn't go back and I look mean, at any it, of those. Is it says, this, uh, yes, Michael Brown was an unarmed 18-year-old who was put his hands up and was shot dead by Darren Wilson? Mostly true. Right. I, I wonder now. And had they covered every other incident out there? No, you, of course they haven't. Because this isn't even usually in their bread and butter. This is this type of a story isn't even the type of a of a myth they would normally cover. Right? Maybe they're doing more and more. I don't go there now Perhaps, because it's yeah. progressive, like I said. But yeah, very odd. Are, are they on the Air Asia story? I don't. H have think they so. posted something on that? If not, this Chipotle story seems really out of nowhere. I'm just wondering, how do you write something like that? And sadly, there's a lot of people that go there that are going to believe this. One other important thing about this story I find interesting is that, that we didn't hear about it for so long. That these cops who, who were potentially refused serves or had hands up didn't want to take to Twitter and, and make a story about that. Didn't go tweeting at Chipotle. Think about what happens when there is any ammunition for, for the other side. Anything that happens in a debate that the other person can, can point to. These police officers didn't do it there. That, that, I think, shows a lot of respect from, from them, that they're just out doing their jobs. They didn't take this and make a bigger issue out of it and say, oh, you stupid protesters, look, blah, 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 mm -hmm. look what you guys are doing. We're just trying to serve. No, they just went out and did their job. They probably walked across the street to McDonald's and ate lunch and then got back to work. I tweeted at Chipotle a whole bunch this morning because I want to know, so what action did you take? I'm curious. And I welcome you on here. Listen, Chipotle, you got great food. You want to explain this, whether or not you fired him or not, and why? I'll hear you out, and I'll make my decision, and the rest of America will as well. That's watching Blaze TV right now or listening to Blaze Radio. They'll make their decision. Why isn't that okay with you? Why, why wouldn't you just explain what you did? I mean, if you really believe in transparency in the world, I understand protecting your business and controlling narratives, but if you believe enough that you should not have fired that employee, tell me why. Show I'm me a who reasonable person. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. You will know them by their fruits. So tell me. And I welcome you on here. I'll give you all the airtime you want to explain what happened. And we can debate about whether you should fire them or shouldn't fire them or what your general practices are. But I want to know. I'm not saying that I would automatically fire that employee. I think, I think it's bad when companies just say, if you do this, we're going to automatically fire you. I mean... There could be extenuating circumstance. I can't imagine one right now in that scenario. I likely would fire somebody for this, but maybe there's something. I would, as a boss, I've been a manager at times, take things on a case-by-case -case basis and say, was that appropriate or not? So just tell me who you are, Chipotle. Why would you hide?
If you believe in who you are and believe what you did, answer the questions from so many people, not just me, over and over. They make the statement and people go, what is appropriate actions? What is appropriate measure? Is that person still employed? How did you punish them? Were they punished at all? Tell us who you are. More of your tweets coming up. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. We'll take some of your calls as well. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. It's Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. You can uh, find out more about us. It's theblaze.com slash doc, and we'll be with you tomorrow and Wednesday as well. And then again, tomorrow and Wednesday on our regular morning program on the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, one, one of our favorite things is vintage, <laughs> vintage sexist ads. It seems every time we're on Pat and Stu, BuzzFeed ends up posting a, a list of, of yeah. vintage sexist type ads. And... So we often end up talking about them, too, because it's just it's so interesting to see over the years how people advertise change. Well, I mean, if it really is sexism, I mean, you have to kind of leave that up to the person. No, that. it's but true. Absolutely. You're right. Every and time thank on, you for calling me on. Yeah, and that's the important part here is, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't sexist. We'll let you decide. But, yeah, every time we fill in for Pat and Stu, oddly it comes out, and oddly the producers are like, we should really do this today. I think they're setting us up. I think they are. I'm thinking they're either trying to get us in trouble or... Uh, or maybe they're trying to give us a message. You know, are these things uh, really sexist? Maybe you guys are being sexist, something like that. Is this a, a self-reflection time? I, I, maybe they're calling us out. These ones are uh, vintage sexist Christmas ads. <laughs> so let's take a look at the, uh, the ads. First up, we got uh, lasting ways to say Merry Christmas. Okay, I don't see what's really wrong with that one per se. What are you saying? So not at all. What's wrong How with that? How is that? Oh, is it that she got an iron? Oh, she's getting all the coffee pot. Thing. Well, now come on. I love the way this is. By the way, it's from Alcoa Aluminum. The luster of aluminum will excite you about these gifts. The lightness of aluminum should make you say, "That's for him." But the lasting quality of aluminum gifts are uh, uh, are to us. Their shining virtue. See, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch there. I wouldn't call that outright sexism right there. I mean, what if the woman wanted the iron? What if the woman wanted these cooking supplies? Let me ask you, Skip. If I were to get you a kitchen full of appliances, would you appreciate that for a gift? Yes, I would. I love to cook. And you are overtly effeminate, so obviously it is sexist, right? You're, you're very effeminate, so... Obviously, that's very sexist. I, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily, oh, necessarily okay. true. The, possibly, possibly vintage sexist Christmas ads. We'll go to the next one. Yeah, the Christmas give car, uh, cartoons of Lucky, cartons of Luckies. Luckies taste better. What's wrong with that? She's... Okay, oh, a woman lighting his cigarettes. Oh, he's a... No, this is sexist. You're right. Wait a minute. Clearly anti-man. 
What's she trying to do here? She's trying to kill him. Oh, I see what you're this saying. This is like the Black Widow. Oh. Here, honey, not just let me light a cigarette. Look at all the cartons of cigarettes. And now who gives that many cigarettes to? Wow. As a Christmas present? Yep, I see the sexism that part. You're right. Anti-man, anti-man. All right, let's get to the next possibly vintage sexist Christmas ad. The Hoover gift page. She'd like one of these for Christmas. Okay, again, the appliance thing. But again, maybe men like them too. Yeah, see that I think. Another possible vintage sexist Christmas ad. Yours to live, yours to love. For keeps. Oh, it's spoons. <laughs> Why is he okay. kissing a mannequin? I don't think that's a mannequin. She looks. looks like, she does looks like she's not ready for the kiss, though, or no. uh, uh, accepting of the kiss. If anything, I think that's the most troubling part. Here's another one. Make it merry, <laughs> make it mojude. <laughs> a word to every Santa from Portland to Atlanta to make this lady's Christmas merry. Give her mojude stockings. The stockings with magic motion extra give spring in the back. I don't head. know if it's sexist, but I know Santa likes the ad. Look <laughs> at Santa down here. Oh, that's a good Look point. at that smile for Santa. Here's another one. They all want the same thing, Santa. My ironing table. Letters to Mrs. Santa Claus. I think this is good. No. Is she Mrs. Claus in this? I think so. Mrs. Claus looked good. That's what I'm saying. Santa married up, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, another possible vintage Christmas, uh, sexist Christmas. Dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh, and she's dreaming of a sewing See, machine. See, not only is this sexist... Racist. It's also racist. racist. I see what yes. you're going there. Uh-huh. You got a point there, Skip. All right. Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. More on the other side. Make sure to tweet at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe and let us know your thoughts today. Coming up, the other probably only big news story right now, another missing airplane. Where is it? Skip has the answers coming up next on Pat and Stu. Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. Other big story out there. The missing Air Asia flight. Where's the plane? Where did it go? Skip Lacombe. I can tell you it's probably, most likely, the same place that Malaysian flight MH370 is. That's probably a safe bet. That's probably a very safe bet. I mean, if I had to guess, mm -hmm. the same thing probably happened. It's at the... So you're saying it's, it's at a luxury resort somewhere, hidden. I'm saying I don't know. I'm saying that the, the jury is still out on what exactly happened to it. So it's at Galt's Gulch? Is that right? <laughs> could is that be, it? it could have made it all the way to Galt's Gulch. You're right. That's, that's, that's a possibility. Really, really interesting. Uh, yeah, this is, this is another odd story. This is the third uh, plane disaster, assuming it's a disaster. It's probably a safe bet. This or uh, the end MH370. The other one um, that uh, ended up being shot down. Yes, though, that right? was another Malaysian Airlines flight that was shot over the uh, the border of Ukraine. Uh, but it, this is obviously bad for air travel over there. But again, why didn't they find any wreckage? 
seems kind of odd. And see, and here's the thing, too, is in this day and age, too, with technology, and they've got transponders and GPS and, and real-time satellites with governments, I mean, somebody has to know what happened to this plane. I, I, I still think the same thing with the MH370, that we likely have real-time satellite imagery of exactly what happened to that plane, but our governments are too afraid to admit to having said technology and uh, being able to do that. Okay, two missing, one shot down in... About a year, right? Yeah. And, and MH370 was about a year ago. A little, little over, something like that? I think so, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd start looking into it. What happened to him? The first one, mysterious circumstances. Why did he change direction? All of this stuff. This one said he wanted to climb above the clouds. Can he change directions? Climbed really, really high and then turned around him. Why? Well, and prior to MH370, when did you hear about an airliner just completely go missing? That they had never found wreckage within a day or so. Be able to find uh, uh, luggage floating or the oil sheens. Every other time we've seen an air disaster like this, we've gotten a conclusion relatively quickly. I mean, some as far as evidence. I can remember. I mean, right, I'm yeah. sure there's other, other planes that have gone missing sure. in modern history that we haven't found. But for the majority of cases... It's solved relatively quick. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got, we've got uh, all kinds of debris from, from the tsunami 10 years ago. I mean, that stuff started flowing. They found that. Uh, where's any piece of debris here? What's happening? What's going on? Now, I'm not about to say that aliens took the planes. No. But we don't know what happened to it. That's the point. Where is it? I don't know. How come you haven't found any wreckage? Very questionable circumstances. And, of course, this just adds more fuel to any conspiracy website. The Bavarian Illuminati conspired with the, uh, somebody in the grassy knoll to take the plane. And it was the Bilderberger Group. Really. I'm sure they're part of it. If you want to really narrow it down. They were transporting golden roasted babies on I'm those sure. flights. I'm sure. Well, here's the deal. I mean, we don't know. And that's the thing is we just don't know. <laughs> okay. They could have been transporting golden roasted babies to a new Illuminati meeting. Hmm. I wonder if... What if the metric system had anything to do with this? I'm sorry? The metric system. I'm sure that added to it somehow. How would... Well, you know, miles would, versus the metrics, uh, English versus the metric system, miles, that's, that's kilometers. Still, that and, still wouldn't make the plane go down. Plus, I mean, if it was a... Uh, Asia Air Force, well, yeah, probably gets, using the metric system already, so they're familiar with... Well, I mean, but they're just not used to the conversion. You know, that's what it is. But that's they wouldn't probably, have even had a conversion. Are you sure that wouldn't have anything to do with it? I don't it? know. Yeah, they're, nothing to do with it. That's interesting, because there was an anchor on Fox News, and it's Anna Kuhlman, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, who had some interesting speculations about the metric system versus English, and could that have added to this? Let's talk about the differences. I mean, even when we think about temperature, it's Fahrenheit or Celsius, it's kilometers or miles. Uh, you know, everything oh, the about their training could be similar but different, right? Hold it, hold it, correct. Hold it. We're going to have to pause there. We're going to have to pause. They're going to have to take this in pieces. There's just too much. I hadn't seen the actual <laughs> video yet. And that's what really killed You can see the other hosts know right where she's they're like, going. They're like, they're like Oh, gosh. Okay. This is almost like uh, uh, the, the Mike Myers-Kanye West thing. <laughs> when Kanye West says George Bush doesn't care about black people, all of a sudden Mike Myers... Like this. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah. The so, metrics? I mean, we know it's different with Fahrenheit and Celsius, Celsius. and miles and kilometers. You know, so if you're worried about the weather and climbing around... Uh, you know, different clouds and going around. You try to do the conversion, uh, 32 to a zero. I know you subtract 32, then you divide by 5 over 9 or 9 over 5. Is that what it is? I can't remember the conversion rate. Right? I mean, 
you're you're busy doing the conversion rate in your head and you just nosedive into the ocean. Well, and here's the deal. Even if that had been some sort of a concern, wouldn't there have been other Imperial versus metric air disasters <laughs> in the past? When was the last time that you found this this really sad case of a TWA flight flight 170, whatever you had it only been for inches instead of centimeters, that people would still be alive. They'd still be alive today if they understood the metric system. If they knew the conversion rates, people would still be alive today. I mean, she would have probably speculated on that before. She was thinking about that last night when she was doing her show prep, thinking, you know what, I have a new angle. They're going to be blown away by this. Metric versus imperial. <laughs> Boom! Okay. Started over at the beginning again, the clip, and watched the faces of her co-hosts at the time, and they're like, how the hell are we going to get out of this one? Listen carefully. Let's talk about the differences. I mean, even when we think about temperature, it's Fahrenheit or Celsius, it's <laughs> kilometers or miles. Uh, you know, everything about their training could be similar but different, right? Correct. See, hold it, hold it. Everything could be similar but different. Did you catch that? It could be similar but different. Ah, ah, great. Similar but different. Hmm. The hell does that mean? I don't know. And she couldn't even make the commitment of it will be. It could be. It could be similar <laughs> or different. Not it is Did similar. You say or, or different? but different. Similar but different? Similar or different? I believe it's similar but different. Okay. Alright, sorry guys. Started from the top again. Oh wait, hang on. Why? <laughs> Watch your co-host, the shifty eyes, he's looking going, I'm not with her. I don't, I don't know who this broad Let's is. Let's talk about the differences. I mean, even when we think about temperature, it's Fahrenheit or Celsius, it's <laughs> kilometers or miles. Uh, you know, everything about their training could be similar but different, right? Correct. Yeah, well, I think Correct. you see just a, a large reliance on automatic pilots and the requirement that pilots use that automatic pilot more often than probably here in the U.S. And a lot of that is just because, as some of your previous guests have said, a lot of crashes are due to pilot air. Right. Okay. So if you try and eliminate any potential risk, you try and eliminate the pilot's ability to make, you know, incorrect inputs into the air. It aircraft. makes a lot of sense. So it's not just differences in the way that we measure things. It's a difference in the way that our pilots are actually trained. Is it not as safe in that part of the world? Because our viewers may be thinking international travel. Is it safe? Is it not safe? Oh, my gosh. Is international travel safe because we have to worry about the pilots converting miles to kilometers? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, he cleaned that up for her. The guest that was on the phone, he cleaned it up, and he was like, uh, he said absolutely or whatever it is. Correct. And, right. then, and then went on to talk about, well, and it makes sense. They want to do as much as they can to eliminate pilot error. Okay, that's great. That makes sense. It didn't really have anything to do with what she was talking about temperatures and conversion rates and you I, lo know. I love though how she wants to go back to it. Yes. So it so it doesn't have anything to do with I mean the differences in training and the I mean is it safe to travel overseas if I mean if you're an American used to the imperial system, it could be really hard. She tries to go back to it, saying, No, 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 I I know you're the expert here, but let me get this point out there again. I don't know if you understood me. We yeah. understood you. You know, I've um I, I grew up in northeastern Ohio, and I would mm -hmm. I'd drive around the lake sometime and go up to Canada. Oh, okay. And while well, you're driving in Canada, and the signs in kilometers, and sometimes we'll have a duel. They'll put it in miles per hour, too. And uh, the number of times I crashed my car in Canada, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times. I had to stop going to Canada because I couldn't do the, the conversion rates. Actually, I, and, uh, I think you're thinking about this the wrong way. Why is that? Now, now, my friend Doc here has a bit of a lead foot.
he um, <laughs> he's gotten speeding tickets from time to time. Couple, I think the couple. next time, uh-huh. the next time you get pulled over, you got to be. Sorry. Miles, kilometers. I got to tell you, I'm just confused. So uh, let me get this straight. Miles per hour is, it's miles, but what is that in kilometers, officer? I tell you, I got to plead ignorance on this. If only they had taught the metric system better when I was in school. They tried. Jimmy Carter tried to push this on us. If only we listened to Carter. I wouldn't be getting this ticket today, officer. I'm not trying to speed. You've got to understand. I'm just trying to do the conversion rates in my head. Is that it? Is that what you're telling me I should do? I actually think that it made more sense back during the MH370, which this made big news, too, when the reporters were talking about black holes possibly being. That actually is is a more legitimate possibility that I would say, well, okay, then, Mm -hmm. converting miles to kilometers. Wow. Fox, I got to tell you, you have uh, managed to trump CNN in coverage of this plane. Which is... I mean, high standard. I am, really? I am surprised. And it's funny you mentioned that, too. The first thing I thought of when I saw this plane went by is, people at CNN must be happy. <laughs> yeah, we got another plane! Yes! Guess what Santa brought us? Another I mean, missing plane. You want to talk plane. about a Christmas present for CNN oh, wrapped yeah. up in a bow? Yep. It's a missing plane. They're like, God bless America. We have got some ratings boosters here. We go next to our aviation expert. Yes! They're so excited. Well, now they also get to tie in the MH370. They get essentially, It's not just another missing plane they get to cover. They get to go back to their MH370 coverage. Exactly. They get to pull out their file footage of that. Those great points they made mm-hmm. back then, they can make them again. Well, and remember the CNN fails, too, not just the black hole one, but you had the expert on CNN that asked if global warming could have contributed to MH370 being gone. Really? It disappeared because of global warming. Fox, think about what you just did. You have just trumped CNN in coverage of missing planes. Wow. I mean, you really have to fight to do that. Global warming, the black hole, round-the-clock coverage. I mean, just stupid statement after stupid statement, and you've just trumped them. Wow. See, my car has both kilometers and miles per hour. Oh, it has both on there? Yeah. Oh, that's fancy. And I keep looking at the two of them. It's very, confu- very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Am I going 120 or am I going like 75? I don't know. Sometimes I'm very, very know. confused. They're, they're trying to get me over to it, but I just don't know what's happening there. How very frustrating. All right. We're going to get a quick break, and we're going to come back and uh, touch on a couple of other things. We'll get some of your tweets. It's at Skip Lacombe and at Doc Thompson Show. Make sure to follow us as well. Stock and Skip in for Pat and Stu. Doc Thompson, Skip McCollum in for Pat and Stu. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I think some of the worst news and reporting on the Internet is happening at Yahoo. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This is a colossal failure from a website, and, well, it's a search engine as, as well, but that has a lot of power, that has been incredibly successful, and has managed to hang in there probably second behind Google as far as search engines, would yeah, you say? Yeah, i say that. I mean, they still have a lot of followers. I like to search on Yahoo. I like the way it's laid out. But their news is a colossal failure. First of all, you hire Katie Couric. (laughs) That's all you got to say. Done. You hire Katie Couric. You have failed. This is your big coup. Now, I know she has a name, so you're like, woohoo, Katie Couric. Katie Couric is a dolt. 
serious. Katie Couric should have never had the jobs that she had anyways because she brings nothing other than a all-progressive attitude. But and to refer to more to, to refer to who is a journalist that right. is just obscene. Yeah, and if you're looking for a progressive, you can't find another one other than Katie Couric. I mean, even at NBC, you were looking for somebody dynamic, and of course you want something progressive. Well, that's it? You found Katie Couric? Really? Anyways, colossal failure. And her little videos that she does, I watch them from time to time. People tweet them at me, say, take a look at this. It is so incredibly biased. So Yahoo is essentially like Google saying, hey, we're a bunch of progressives. Check this out. I mean, you might as well be the Huffington Post. At least they admit it and own it. Yahoo, you're weak. I see, uh, saw a couple of months ago, a story that caught my eye, and it was titled, it was a, um, like an op-ed piece, I guess they would say. Uh, it was under parenting, their parenting section. Seven things I can do that my black son can't. This was the headline. Seven things I can do that my black son can't. So I start reading this because it was, you know, it's, it's a an eye-catching headline. It's an eye-catching and it's a list, so I'm going to look at the bullet points, right? It starts off, and this was published October 27th. It starts off, in the days after the Michael Brown shooting, I wrote an essay titled, I Hope My Son Stays White, detailing my fears about what might happen to my biracial three-year-old son if he grows up to have dark skin. He goes on to say that a bunch of people had contacted him on, facial, on uh, social media about this story, which prompted him then to write this seven things I can do my black son can't. So this started off as some other liberal crappy piece that he wrote. <laughs> That he then said, let me see if I can beat that dead horse a little bit more and write this seven things list. So a couple of days ago, I'm surfing around and I see this list pop up again. This same exact story that was on Yahoo October 27th. And posted as though it was just another random new, like the posting right. date is, oh, that's just reposted now. now. Yeah, now if you look closely, it, yeah. it does say then, well, this was originally published October 27th. So Yahoo, this is their big thing. On Christmas, they say, let's go back and publish that thing that was beating a dead horse from something else that we published before. This is what they have working for them. Unbelievable. Yahoo, you are a dismal failure. Just, just power down, stop posting stuff, and go away. Horrible, horrible sight now. The Seven Things article lays out this guy, as he said, uh, has a biracial black son, and if he grows up to have dark skin, he was worried the things that he wouldn't be able to do. Then he lays out the seven things that he can't do because he is black. And it's all, do, do we have the list? Yeah, I think it's on the next page. Here it is. Yeah, number one, I, I can walk through a store without being followed. Wait a minute. His black son can't do that? Oh, well, his black son is three. Yes. So I'm thinking if you're three years old wandering see, in a store see, he can, without somebody. He can crawl through, but he's usually followed by security if when he walks back to something. your mom. Yeah, says, are you okay, little boy? Really? So blacks cannot walk through a store without being followed. Really? No black is able to walk through any store without being followed? That's just a lie. That's an outright lie. Number two, Skip. I can succeed without it being attributed to my race. So anytime a black succeeds, it's attributed to their race. Like um, <clears throat> President Obama, I would say, is a success. Okay. He successfully ran for president twice and got elected. Did he only get elected because of his race? Did he? I wouldn't say so. Did he not get elected because of his race? 
No. So his race had nothing to do with whether or not he succeeded. So this guy said, I can succeed without it being attributed to my race. The idea behind it that <clears throat> if somebody does succeed, they say, well, you're black and therefore you benefit from affirmative action or something. Anybody say that about President Obama? Not at all. He succeeded because the Republicans ran weak candidates. <laughs> That's it. They ran John McCain and Mitt Romney. There it the is. The Republicans have failed. He had a better message. Nobody's saying he did it because of his race. So that would be a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, lie. a lie. Yeah, it's also a lie. Number three, I learned about my ancestors' history in school. Ah, so his black son cannot and will not learn about his ancestors' history and There in will school. be nothing about black history in school. See, there's that. See, if only they had a month when they could talk about black history. Yeah, see, they had that. That's what I was thinking. They, it's February. Black, Black History, History Month. Month. Yes. Yeah, interesting. But he won't learn anything about uh, his mm -hmm. ancestors in school. Number four on the list of things that uh, this man can do that his black son cannot. I can lose my temper in traffic. Blacks aren't able to do that? They don't, it's part of their DNA. They're not able to. They, they just cannot get mad at traffic. They want to get mad at traffic but can't. Is that what he I, means? Um, I know from experience mm -hmm. um, black people can get angry in traffic, too. Really? Yeah, I've, I've seen black people get angry in traffic. Oh, he means that they can't get mad in traffic without being it attributed to their race, that they're just angry. Uh, I don't think when, when anybody gets angry in traffic, it has anything to do with the color of their skin. No, because I, I get in traf uh, angry in traffic a lot, and uh, they're not attributed to my race. I know other people that get angry in traffic, minorities, not attributed to their race. So that would be a, um, what's the word you just oh, taught me? Uh, a, uh, a, lie. a lie. It's a lie. That's it. It's a lie. Number five, I can loiter in wealthy neighborhoods. Where well, are you loitering in, yeah. in a wealthy neighborhood? No. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm a white guy myself. Right. I don't think that they're just going to let me hang around loitering no. in wealthy neighborhoods. Hey. What's going on, guys? What's going on? I'm just uh, hanging outside your house here. Nice beamer. That's I pretty like sharp. It. That looks good. Let me uh, well then, uh, polish that up for you. So I was... Uh, couldn't help but notice your wife was changing in front of the windows there. Yeah. Was, you might want to tell her to shut those blinds. Loitering, baby. Hey. Wealthy neighbor. You're not going to be able to loiter in a wealthy neighbor regardless of your race. <laughs> White, black, purple, yellow, it doesn't matter. If you're loitering around somebody's wealthy neighborhood, you're going to get in trouble. Someone's going to want to come talk to you. Seven things he can do that his black son cannot do. Number six, I can complain about racism. Um, Do we really have to cover that one even? <laughs> you, you guys got that yourselves, right? You understood where we were going with that, yeah, let's right? Yes, you're right. Okay. And finally, okay. number seven, I can count, I can count <clears throat> on being met on my own terms. What does that mean? What does he say? He Go says, uh, if I'm being treated poorly, I don't stop to think about whether it's due to my race. But unless we somehow make a giant leap forward, my son will always have to wonder. See, here's the thing. The reason your son or others may think it has to do with their race, and you can uh, be met on your own terms without thinking it has something to do with race. The reason they can't in your world is they don't allow themselves to. That's it. If you carry that chip on your shoulder, if you carry that around, yeah, you're going to assume that. It's the just assuming everything is about race. That's the problem. It's not racism in America. Please, do you really care? Do you think most of the world really cares? Do you get up in the morning, you're driving to work going, let's keep that person down because of their race. Or you meet them and you're, you're treating them differently. 
I don't. The people I'm around don't. I don't know anybody who does. And if you are, you're a dirtbag. Right. I'm sure there's a handful of dirtbags. And there are those bags. people sure. out there. But, see, this is being spun as the general narrative of the average American person, or more specifically, the average American white person. And that's just not the truth. You know, when I saw this, it had a, maybe a different effect on me than it may have from Skip or members of the crew or anybody else or even you. I have a unique perspective here because I, too, have a minority son. My son is half Asian. Now, I have a son who is fully white, who's 12 years of age, and I'm, he's just like me. He's that evil white guy wandering around and, and he doesn't is. have to go through all of this stuff. He really is. But I just had an Asian son, my wife did, uh, a couple of months back. So he's half minority. So I started thinking, what would life be like for my son as he grows up when I read this guy's article? Seven things that he can do that his... His black son can't. Well, Asians are an even greater minority. Wouldn't there likely be things that would affect my son that he wouldn't be able to do? And I started thinking about it, and I started jotting down notes. I started thinking, what can my son not do? Wouldn't he be able to do? Well, thinking along the lines of this guy's article. And then I thought, you know, the only thing my half-minority son, half-Asian son, will not be able to do is grow up in a world without the ginned-up hate of racism. The ginned-up hate of racism. He can grow up and do whatever he wants to do, if he chooses to do. Anything outside of other people dragging him down into this racist crap that they say exists, which does not, this institutionalized racism, that's it. That's the only thing he can't do is to grow up in a world without this crap. Anything else, he can do whatever he wants to do. He can choose whether or not to even listen to that crap. He can choose whether or not to be a victim. He can choose whether or not to be bothered by this stuff. That's on him, just like it's on everybody else who's out there claiming that they're a victim of racism. The truth is, you can be a victim of discrimination and bigotry based on anything. I have because I've been fat at times, like now. Skip has because he's... Stop it. I was just going to give you an opportunity to mention some things where you've been discriminated against. I'm, I'm, I'm oftentimes made fun of because Doc is a, 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 a taller than average man, and I'm a little shorter than average man. I was so. going with your stupid. That's what I was. I well, was there's bring that up your, too, okay? Your, uh, your deformity, your physical deformity, wow. your physical it's affliction. A, a deformity now? Well, I mean, you're, I don't, I'm trying to be politically correct here. Your, your affliction. No, I, you, I mean, how would you like me to refer to it? Bottom it's line, affliction, your bottom line handicapable, is, is that it? Bottom line is there's things that Doc can do that I can't, like reach things on a tall shelf. Mm-hmm, that's true. Like uh, put things on top of the refrigerator. Some things he's just able to do that I'm not. Some people are left-handed. Some people are right-handed. Some people are ugly. Two people walk in, both of them equally qualified, all things being equal except one is attractive and one is hideous. Who's getting the job? It's all around. We are all given a hand uh, to play in life. We have some ups and some downs. You may look at it and say, that person got worse deal. Okay, fine. It's what you make of it. It's what you're doing with it. And that should be the narrative. This jackass who writes an article of stuff his son can't do, you know what? He's right. His son will not be able to do any of the things that he was able to do. You know why? 
because he's teaching his son that he can't do those things. I plan on teaching both of my sons they can do whatever they want, whatever they choose, to dream big and to do, as long as they do not get caught up in all of this crap. And there it is. This is Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stu today. Doc Thompson, Skip McCollum in for yeah, Pat and Stu. I'm sorry, hold on just one second. I, to stop the music, actually, too, there's, I do have to do a, a quick correction from okay. our last segment. Truth there's, lives here. Truth lives here. There is at least a couple of things that you can do that your Asian son is not going to be able to. I don't know what they'd be. As I said, he can do anything. No, like drive, for instance. I, wow. I, I wonder if your Asian wow. son is going to be able to wow. drive. And that's wow. something you can do. Really? I mean, I doubt he's going to be able to. I mean, you can go to a Bruce Lee film and not be asked if you do Kung wow, Fu. Wow, this is, this is shocking. I'm just saying, this I is... mean, something else you can do that clearly he's never going to be able to is, like, get rejected from an Ivy League college. Okay, see. There are things that you can okay. do that your mm -hmm, half-Asian mm -hmm. son is just never going Listen, to be able to. I have a pass. I can make jokes like that. I can do shtick. You don't have a pass. I thought I had, like, a temporary pass. Didn't you grant me one? At well, maybe I did. One I point? can get you a pass. I okay, think you cool. Yeah. If okay. not, if, if otherwise, then I'm very sorry for the offensive nature. No, okay, I'll extend the said. pass under. But dude, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give me a pass on something. There's got to be some reciprocity here. I'll figure something out. I got nothing right now, man. I mean, I got nothing to offer you, bro. I know. I was, you are gonna have to hook up with. Uh, well, yeah, I give you a short guy pass. I give you a tall guy, guy and a fat guy pass. So we need something well, about I'm race. Well, I'm giving you some re reciprocity. No, you're gonna have to be something specifically about race. You need to. You're a single man. Okay. Yeah. You need to, and I'm not looking for just one. We need a pass on. Uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, Jewish, black Jew, black Jew, gay. Uh, could you could you hook up with a black gay uh, Jewish dude? <laughs> no, I think that's who you need to marry. No, dude, you've got several. Take a couple for the team. Maybe black lesbian would get right into two. No, of that's them not going to be good for us. I mean, on our morning radio show, we got Cal who's. Who's a Muslim and he's extended uh -huh. the umbrella to me and I've shared with him on Asia. Yeah, we got so. the pass there. Right, I think you're going to need some. And of course, and I've given you a pass on Native American. What with me being 132nd Native American. That's true. What are you bringing, French, Lacombe? <laughs> you get a Canadian pass? Please. Everyone in the that. U.S. has a Canadian exactly. pass. Exactly, you make that. Yeah, you that's where you got to bring some to the table and I will grant you that. You know, that umbrella now, but you better get to work. Listen, it's at uh, skipattheblaze.com. Skipattheblaze.com. Email him. I mean, he could use a date if you are a minority and multiple minorities. He needs it. And by that, I mean, I need it. I need a pass. I need to start being able to make some shtick with the... Uh, well, with the blacks and uh, seriously. <laughs> that's the thing. We want to invite basically everyone in the show so everybody can be made fun of equally. Yes, that's it. Not but about... I need an umbrella. <laughs> Put my email up there too on the Chiron <laughs> too. Thank you guys. Skip at theblaze.com. <laughs> uh, you're not ruling out men, right? No, I can't. Yeah, we're ruling You can't out. quit them? Is that what we're you were going to say? Out men, you no. can't quit them. That's <laughs> skipattheblaze.com. No. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, it's fine. It has to be something. If you, dude, if you just marry an average white girl, yeah, I got, it's worth nothing. It's going to be so disappointing. That's, a, that's worth nothing there. That, I got nothing there. I can make fun of whites all day long. Everyone can make fun of whites. Please. We all have a white past.
very disappointed. Skip at theblaze.com. Help us out. Did you see the anti-gun PSA? Holy... I've heard about it, but I I knew we were going to be playing mm -hmm. it on the show, mm -hmm. and I just I, I resisted the urge because I don't know if I could watch it two times. This is a colossal fail. I think it's a colossal fail. Maybe you'll think it's swell. And I'm not talking because maybe you are pro-gun and you think it's a fail because it's anti-gun. Even if you are anti-gun, we got to get those guns off the street. We need waiting periods. We need to do all of this stuff. Is this really... A, a good gun ad? Is this really getting your message out there? Pay, pay attention to this anti-gun PSA. Fail. Fail. The music is dramatic, though. That's good. It's going to end night Shyamalan. <laughs> okay, kid walking up the steps after peeking in on mom, reading by herself. <gasps> He's oh. sneaking into her room. What's he going to do? Not the top drawer. Okay, good. Yeah, not the top drawer. Oh, handgun. Oh, damn. Oh, his finger's on the trigger. Oh, uh, where's your trigger discipline, bro? Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, he's he got it there, the He's putting it in the backpack. Oh, man. Yep. He looks troubled. He looks like a troubled youth. What's he going to do with the gun? I bet he's on the pot. Oh, he's laying on the bed first. I bet he's on the pot. You think he's on the pot? He's lazy. He's laying down. He's getting the gun. He's on the pot. Oh, he's in school. Oh, is he there yet, though? They're showing school. I bet he's in there. Oh, man. Oh, there he is. Look at him walking up. He's got the, he's got the backpack, likely with the gun. Wow, this is taking a long time to play out. Obviously, they're not making short public service enough. See, it's, it's the dramatic music that makes it so tough. Oh, there he is in class. Oh, what's he going to do? It's a small, what is that, five people? It's 33 in all my classes. Oh, he's obviously not in D.C. public school. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> Oh, look, everybody's reading. Look at the Asian kids reading. Okay. Okay. Everyone's reading. They're putting their books oh, away. Oh, he's getting it in. Oh, he's, oh, he's reaching. He's, he's going reaching. in the backpack. Wait, he's staying behind. I bet he's going to cap the teacher. See, Bad grade. You know he's going to hold her hostage. That's it. Okay, everyone's gone. He takes the backpack up, slams it down on her desk. She has a smile. What's going on? He's got oh. a gun. Oh, wait, he laid it on her desk. Can you take this away? I... Don't feel safe with the gun in my house. Our children deserve a safe world, it says. See, he says, stop gun oh. violence now. He, he brought the gun to school to give to a teacher to say, can you take this? I don't feel safe. Look, there he is. The gun on the I, uh, finger on the trigger there. I got I, I, I a question, though. Yes, Skip. Um, is there a problem it, with that? There's an anti-gun PSA. Is it, is it very constructive to... <laughs> Ask kids to bring their parents' guns to school to turn what you, them in. What are you, you saying? I don't know. What are you, what are you getting I, out there? I don't know. What violates doing. all kinds of laws. God, what are you talking about? Um, what, are you, what are you getting out there? I, I just I, I think that if gun people are wanting to keep guns out of school, right? Encouraging them to be brought into school is probably going to hurt that, that narrative a bit. So what you're saying is um, the anti-gun people are encouraging people to break the current gun laws. Yes. Well, that seems like a bit of a fail. A bit, yeah. See, here's the thing. That kid, this really comes down to education, because that kid didn't realize it was a gun-free zone when he brought that <laughs> in. Had he, had he just right. had a moment uh -huh. to uh -huh. lapse to click, says, wait, I can't, I can't do this because it's a gun-free zone. That would keep him out. But no, he, he even skirted that. I would say um, uh, every public school in America is a gun-free zone for students.
If, if there's not, I would be stunned. I, I would just, isn't it a good assumption that all schools I, are gun-free sure zones? I'm pretty sure public school, okay. I, without even researching so, it, it has to be true. So isn't this an admission by the anti-gun nuts that created this anti-gun PSA that gun-free zones don't work? Yes. Um, that... That little fact slipped the, their mind. They I mean, that's checkmate uh, uh -huh. right there. They got themselves <laughs> in checkmate. No, 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 because you can't put yourself in a check. Oh, you're right. Yeah, in fact, this is a fail. This doesn't work. Regina Productions, whoever you are, uh, this, you cannot put yourself in a check. It's, it's an illegal <laughs> move. You've done that, and you did it several times. You're in check from several angles. It doesn't work. This is, this is a parody. This is, I thought this is a joke. For them to come out and actually say, you know what, if, if you're unsafe, if you feel unsafe with a gun in your house, the most reasonable thing you can do is to steal it from your parent, put it in your backpack, and bring it to school. Now, even in this scenario right there that happened with this video and this boy, what would have happened to that kid? Would they have just called the cops and said, okay, we'll take it, the gun's not going to be... This kid would be arrested. Yes, he would. At least he better be arrested. Yes, yes. If we got people getting kicked out of school and suspended for pointing fingers like this or eating a Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun, meanwhile, these anti-gun nuts are encouraging people to bring firearms to school. Stunning. Absolutely. Bearded Spock, man. What yeah. universe are we living in? So You're right. So think about it from that way. What are they saying there? What, what is the ad? The ad is, couldn't, I could see two things that they're trying to do. I mean, ultimately, they're trying to get rid of guns. But the first thing is to make people aware that kids don't feel safe with guns at home. That, right? Okay, that's one possible message. The kid doesn't feel safe. Mom doesn't know it. He slinked into her bedroom, looked in the second drawer. Thank God you don't want to know what's in the top drawer. Top drawer is bad news. That's bad news. You don't want to take that to school. Mom, you think she's pissed about the gun yeah. missing? <laughs> you take the other things to school she has in the top drawer. That's really bad. Okay. That he, he feels unsafe. Kids feel unsafe with guns. And the second thing they're saying is take the gun to school and give it to a teacher. Right? Which, first of all, that's theft. Number two, you're encouraging kids to take guns to school. What's going to happen when they take the gun to school? How many kids could then take a gun to school with the intent of going crazy and shooting people and saying, oh, no, 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 the reason I was stockpiling these weapons in my bag is I was... Feeling unsafe with them at home. That's I was taking him into Mrs. Shyamalan. Here you go. Plus, isn't it illegal? And I, this may be wrong, but isn't it illegal for anybody under the age of 18 to own or in possession of a handgun? Rifles, I know they can, but I think handguns even it have. It probably varies by state. Uh, probably, locale. but I mean, there are so many fails in this video from top to bottom. I cannot believe that these anti-gun people actually went out, had a focus group, sat around, were brainstorming this, casted it, wrote a script, lit it, edited it, and not one person said, you think, you think maybe we should not encourage kids to bring guns to school? Because, huh, I mean, you know, we're trying to go ahead and keep kids from being shot at school. Maybe telling them to bring guns to school is not a very good idea. Well, you could take it to a police officer. You just walk in the police station and, yeah, you wave that around, right? That's if you don't want to. Like, yeah, that seems like a fail as Officer, well. I don't feel safe with this. I don't feel safe with this. <laughs> Officer, please take it. Flail your arms about. This, That's what just, you want to do. It's wildly stupid. I can't believe that this would make it that far and actually make it to the net for an actual organization who is trying to fight against guns. You're doing it wrong. So my, uh, my three, four-month-old son uh, got a, bought his mom a gun for Christmas. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, he bought a gun for Christmas. Mommy needs one to, to protect herself. Wow. So, um, you know, we have, we have other guns, but she needs uh, one that she can take the concealed carry class in, uh, in Arkansas and then be able to, you know, put this in her pocket or her clutch or her bag or something like that. So uh, she, she did. She, she got a little pistol. And, um, I mean, I was helping fill out the paperwork, yeah, you know, because it was a Christmas gift. I understand. So I'm going His handwriting's still kind of sloppy. It really is. And even though it's on computer, you're plucking the keys. I mean, he's advanced, but he's not that advanced no, yet. No, exactly. So, so we're, uh, we're going through the little checklist, and I'm laughing at what you have to check off on the little list. And if you haven't done it recently, and it's evolved over the years, and it's uh, different state by state, I'm filling it out there, and it's like, are you a, uh, a, uh, an illegal alien? And it may not have been the term, but that's what they meant. Are you an illegal alien? No. Are you a legal U.S. resident, whatever? Yes. So I'm filling all those things out. And, of course, then they ask for Social Security number and ID and stuff like that so they can prove you're who you are. But what's the point of saying, are you an illegal alien? Are you illegal? And, and a bunch of the other questions. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? No, not convicted. Right? What, what's the point in that? Can't you just lie? How, how is that stopping somebody from buying a gun? Now, again, if you do the background check and you go, wait, you got a flag that you were a felon or illegal alien, that's fine, but you wouldn't need to ask those questions then, would you? That's the thing is I don't want to rely on the honor system with any of that stuff. Right, if, those really... are, if those are important qualifications to keep a gun out of someone's hand, do we really want to leave that up to the honor system? Why would you ask them? Why wouldn't you go through whatever computer right. program you have and, to determine that? And if part of the background check is, okay, we got your Social Security number, we're going to see if it dings any felonies or, web, you know, or any um, uh, police websites or court sites or whoever they have this database you know, for felons, Fine, then you didn't need to ask me that. That's so it's point. either a waste of time asking this question, or you, uh, you shouldn't leave it up to the honor system if it's that big of a deal. What is the point in this? It's, it was nonsense. There's no point to any of that. Yeah, leave it up to the honor system, that's good. Um, but yeah, they do the Social Security and uh, some other ID, and they check that stuff, but it seemed rather pointless to me. All right, get a quick break in. Tell us uh, what you're learning along the way with the hashtag what I learned today. Tweet at Doc Thompson, Joe and at Skip Lacombe. This is the Pat and Stew program. and skip in for Pat and Stu. We're uh, going to be with you tomorrow as well and then Wednesday as well. You can find out more about us to go to the uh, theblaze.com slash doc. That's theblaze.com slash doc. So yeah, wife got a uh, gun for Christmas and I got to tell you how this played out and we talked about this a little bit on our morning program. Uh, a couple of years ago when my wife got and I got married, uh, my mother-in-law moved in with us. She will live with us forever. And uh, I had to tell her that there are guns in the house and will likely be more guns in the house as time goes on. <laughs> And uh, this is a, you know, small little Korean woman, and I was like, uh, wrestled with this for a couple of weeks. How do I ease her into this idea? Because I mean, let's face it, guns can be intimidating. And I mean, most don't people let anyone are play. freaked yeah. out, scared of guns. Guns can definitely be intimidating if you're not aware or trained with them. So I say to her, I'm like, finally one day, I was like, you know, I'm a, um, you know, 
I have some guns and, you know, they'll be, and the words, I'm still speaking them. And she goes, good. Okay, well, that was easy. Okay, so you're okay with guns in the house. Get me one, too. All right, then. So that that's, where, that's where Emma stands on okay, the Okay, that's okay. where uh, she is on the Second Amendment. Thought nice that was going to be more difficult than it was, but okay. Emma wants a gun also. I get my wife this gun. And to my knowledge, my mother-in-law has never fired a gun, handled a gun, whatever. I bring the wife opens up the gun. She's probably a sharpshooter. Yeah, know. probably. So uh, my wife opens up the gun uh, Christmas morning, and... Uh, I uh, look, I'm purposely looking at the reaction, knowing how my mother-in-law feels, and her grandmother, who's visiting us as well from Korea, and they're both like, yay, good job, excellent, good. Awesome. Hey, somebody comes in to mess with our uh, daughter and granddaughter, shoot them. I mean, that's their, they're like, take them, excellent, okay, good. <laughs> so I uh, told my mother-in-law, I'm like, okay, now if this is going to be in the house, and, you know, the other guns are there too, we're going to have to go out to the range. you got to make sure you know how to shoot. She's like, right on, let's go. Oh, that'd be big fun. I want to so. go with them to the range, man. We got to get a film crew down for that. That mm -hmm. is going to be big fun, guys. Here's what I have to teach her, though. I have to make sure she knows there is no going through the house at the middle of the night looking for the burglar. Because if she does that, I'm getting shot. Yes. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. She's going to have to be clear rules. Uh, if something happens, you hold up in your room with a gun at the door. You know, that way if I'm like, it's me, you don't shoot me. That's... I'm going to end up getting shot is what this amounts to. Is what's Probably. All right. Uh, before the uh, Christmas holiday, there was a big question on uh, whether or not the movie The Interview was going to be released, uh, what Sony Pictures was doing. We talked about it a lot last week, even on uh, the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Sony ended up re uh, releasing it in a bunch of theaters, still a small release, and then online as well, mm -hmm. as we talked about that that would be the right thing to do. And they ended up making, I think, between the online release, which they made more of, and then in the, in the box office, around 20 mil, is that right? Uh, 18 million was the figure I had, which, yeah, they made uh, 2.8 million from the 331 theaters it was in. That's only 10% of the theaters they were originally planning to have it in. And then uh, amongst online sales, they generated another 16 or so. So they made okay. about 18 million. Okay, and they think they spent somewhere between 40 and 60 million to make it or whatever. So that's just the beginning. They'll do real well. Yeah, they will. And I, I actually, I saw it. I went and, uh, uh, my brother bought it online. Uh, we watched it on Christmas Day. I, I wasn't planning on originally going out and being one of those yeah. to go out and see it, but saw it, and I gotta say, actually really funny movie. Really? I mean, it, it, it's what you're gonna expect if you've seen these, these Seth Rogen kind of comedies before that are, I mean, inappropriate, and I mean... But I mean, uh, did you like any of his other ones, like Pineapple Express? I did, the... I, thought, I thought they've all been okay. I mean, Knocked Up, I thought, was a really good movie, I think too. Knocked Up was better than Pineapple Express. Yeah, but... I, I, think, I think overall he's, I mean, you know what you're gonna be getting when you go to see a Seth Rogen movie, and, and this is what you got from this one, too. What I particularly liked about this movie is it does show some of the darker sides to North Korea. And, and it does a, a pretty legitimate job of saying this is a bad regime, showing um, how, they, how they stage people to make it seem like people are happy and have food and they have yeah, they don't, yeah. a, a grocery stores that are not what they appear and things of that nature. So overall, I actually thought it was a good movie. One to ten it. Um, I'd say it was a solid little seven. Really? Um, when I've, uh, I, I didn't get Pineapple Express. I don't even know what I was watching there. Um, knocked Up, I gave it a five, whatever. So would I probably like a five or a six? Um, maybe a six because of... Yeah, I, I actually do think you would like this one, okay. and just because it does show the whole North Korean angle. They'd and be... listen, I'm, I'm not a prude. I'm fine with the, the raunchiest humor, slapstick, any type, as long as it's good. As long as the quality is good, I'm there. 
His has been more like kind of lowbrow in the past. What I what I particularly liked about it was more so than any of the other ones. It was it was more nuanced with actual fact of North Korea. And I think even the majority of people who go out and watch the interview think, well, that's not really how it is. But to think a lot of those things they did in the movie are really how the North Korean people, wow. how the North Korean, how the Kim family has has a stranglehold over North Korea, and they they get into areas of thinking how. How people think that the dear leader is is like a god and stuff too. So very interesting, kind of putting holes in that. We'll have more tomorrow, and we'll talk more about the interview and also uh, other movies coming up tomorrow morning on our radio program. Make sure to check it out, theblaze.com/radio. You can listen to it on demand anytime, depending on when you're out and about. Theblaze.com/doc. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. Thanks so much.